Good morning and welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Whether you're in the building or whether you're worshiping online with us today, we welcome you. Would you stand as we worship the Lord? We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, He holds the victory. to give praise to the Lord in this house today. There's joy in the presence of the Lord. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord today, brothers and sisters? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that we are here today. I think of the words of King David, who said the one thing he desired, the one thing that he sought after was to dwell within the house of the Lord all the days of his life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire into his temple. For he said, in the day of trouble, the Lord will hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle, where we are right now. He will set me up upon a rock. That rock's name is Jesus, brothers and sisters. That's who we're honoring today. That's who we're praising today. That's who we're lifting up holy hands, hands that he made holy with his blood. That's who we are here to honor in the name of Jesus. Let's give him another hand clap. He's worthy. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We're going to read a verse here that was given to us by an elder friend. She read it last night. It was so poignant, so appropriate for what was just sung about being in the house of the Lord, about community and unity. Psalm 84. It says, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of heaven's armies. I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord with my whole body, my whole being, my whole soul. I will shout joyfully to the living God. Even a sparrow finds a home and the swallow builds her nest and raises her young at a place near your altar. O Lord of heaven's armies, my king, my God, what joy for those who can live in your house. And then we're going to skip over to verse 10, where it says, A single day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live in the good life in the homes of the wicked. For the Lord God is our son. He is our shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. O Lord of heaven's armies, what joy for those who trust in you. Do you trust in the Lord, brothers and sisters? Amen. Hallelujah. Of course we do. That's why we're here. Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Bowing our heads in reverence. Dear Heavenly Father, almighty and gracious God, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence today, O Lord. We thank you for another precious day of life, your gift to us. This is indeed the day that the Lord has made. Therefore, we will rejoice. We will be glad in it. Thank you, O God, for letting us all assemble here today together. We thank you, Lord, that your presence is felt. We felt it in the music, dear God. We feel it in the holy ambiance that you just can't ignore. The spirit bear witness. You're everywhere, dear God. We feel you in this house, and we thank you. We give you honor. We give you glory. To you alone do we pay homage. Lord, please watch over us throughout this day and this week and the rest of our lives, really. Keep us safe from dangers seen and unseen alike. Lord, you know the things that are out there right now that are trying to destroy us, but we're not afraid, dear God. For greater is he that is in us, your word says, than he that is in this world. You've given your angels charge over us 
keep us in all of our ways. You yourself said, I will cover you with my feathers so that under my wings you can trust. We trust you, Lord. In God we trust. It's not only on our money, it's in our hearts. And we thank you, dear God. You've never let us down. You've always been there for us. Lord, we ask that you bless this service. Bless everybody who is here today, those who are watching on the Internet, dear God, who thought of not robbery, to stop what they were doing and come and give you glory. Father, we ask that you forgive all of our sins that we've committed, sins of omission and commission, dear God. You know all about them. And, Lord, we just ask that you will bless our way, that you will order our steps according to your word, your will, even your good pleasure. Keep bringing us together in unity as we're doing right now. For your word has said it is good and pleasant when brethren come together in unity. For there the Lord commands his blessings and even life, Zoe life, forevermore. We thank you, Lord, for this blessedness because we came in the door in unity to honor you. Thank you, dear God. We love you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Would you join me in saying amen, please? And amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Hey, CTC family. I'm Lynn, and here's this week's news. Life groups are very important as we attempt to navigate life in this world. This month, we are beginning a new life group in connection with the Ministry of Divorce Care. This is a 13-week video-based series that offers support, comfort, and hope to those walking through the pain. The group will meet at the Bear Campus on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m., beginning on September 21st and running through December 7th, and will be facilitated by Reverend Dorothy Dan. You can find registration information by visiting our website and clicking on Life Groups. Helping people feel welcome is an essential part of seeing our church continue to grow. We are looking for friendly faces to staff our hospitality ministry. We need greeters, ushers, parking lot, coffee service, and welcome center hosts. This Wednesday, September 22nd at 7 p.m. is a night of vision casting and training for this ministry. If you would like to serve in hospitality in any way, even if you've served before, we would love to see you there. If you've been considering becoming a member of CTC at either campus, the next membership class will be on Sunday, September 26 at 4 p.m. at the Bayer campus. You can call the church office if you would like to attend. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.church or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the Bayer campus office at 302-836-2862 or the Ellsmere Campus Office at 302-998-4584. You can also email us at prayer at ctcde.church, or if you're worshiping online, you can hit the Request Prayer button at the bottom of your screen. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Is your excitement, joy, the peace, the hope that we have in God and in the spirit of God not contained? It's contagious and running over? I'm so glad to be here. So glad that on this day I woke up with praises in my mouth. 
hope in my heart, and I'm so happy to see you here today. Whether you're in the room or whether you're online, it's, it's good to be in the presence of the Lord. And if you're new here, and this is your first time here after service, please meet someone in the Welcome Center, which is out of, outside of the celebration room on your left. We're going to just talk with you briefly and share some things with you. If you're new here and you're online, please click the New Here button and submit the information that's requested, and someone will reach out to you beyond this service. Also, if you're seated in the chair or at a table in this room, you'll find a Connect card. looks like this. We ask that you complete the information requested on the Connect card, but we ask that you go one step further, and this is really serious. List a prayer concern so that we can pray for you during the week. Even if it's just to, well, especially if it's just to give God thanks for helping you on your journey. But list a prayer concern. We'll be happy to pray for you. If you're online, there's a connect card there too. So please complete the information there. And now Pastor Roger would like to share Thank some you. information. Yeah, and there's, there are boxes uh, at the doorway for you to place those connect cards, your prayer requests, and any offerings that you want to give today. We want to practice generosity here at Christ the Cornerstone. And we have some principles that we follow. And uh, so here's, here's a, a principle. And I ask you, let's read this together. We give purposely as God directs us individually to do. Jesus teaches to us to do this, and here's a scripture verse that encourages us to do that from 2 Corinthians. Let's read this together also. Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly and give according to what you have, not what you don't have. How can you give something you don't have? <laughs> you can't. And so, so Jesus, God, teaches us to give out of what he has already provided to us. And that's what he asks us to do. I want to introduce to you this morning as we're talking about giving and sharing with others. Uh, you know, we in the past, we've always, for many years, we've participated in uh, um, Operation Christmas Child and doing shoeboxes. And uh, we, we've done hundreds, if not even thousands, in our area sending shoeboxes uh, around the world. I want to introduce Irina to you. Irina, would you come up here, please? And uh, I'm going to need your microphone. Thank you. And uh, Irina is from Samaritan's Purse, and I'll let you tell us who you are and what you're here for. Thank you. Good morning. If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. No one and no one and no one. Not even the evil that is all around us trying every day. Yes. But God is for us. My name is Irina Creek, and I used to go by Stepanova Irina Vladimirovna. When I was growing up in a country far, far away from here, uh, I used to be a part of the Soviet Union. And my parents uh, were farmers, but they were also alcoholics, and we had our load of trouble. Uh, but one day, my mom left and completely disappeared. To this day, I don't know what happened to her. She never returned. My dad continued to go in and out of jail until he lost his parental rights. So my sister Katya and I went into the orphanage system. We experienced more abuse, verbal and physical, uh, and it was a really harsh place for us to live. 
But even in those days when I didn't even know Christ, the Lord came over me in his presence and gave me a vision that I have a bright future. And I began to look forward to that future. And one day I learned about Jesus and I learned his name, the one who spoke to me and comforted me when I was five years old. And I felt very, very sad. Well, the day came when I was 10 years old and Operation Christmas Child Shoeboxes entered my orphanage. I lived in a place where we had kids from 6 to 16 years old, about 130 children, and we were hungry for love. And that faithful day, we learned that God loves us. And it was like this revelation. um, It was like the scales fell off my eyes, and I became free, literally free. I remember feeling in awe. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. God is so good. He is the God of miracles. And he made me to understand that I am valuable. Something I questioned in the past. But God made me to understand that he is the God of adoption. He's inviting all of us to be part of his family. And he has invited me also. I knew the call was personal. And I remember standing there the first time I prayed to him. I was standing outside just in awe of the presence of the living God. I knew that God hears me when I pray. And to this very day, it remains the most valuable thing in my life. It's even greater than answered prayer. To know at the end of the day that God hears me when I pray. And that is the most valuable gift I received that day through Operation Christmas Child is the relationship that I hold dear to this day and to the end of eternity. There, will, there, there is no end. <laughs> and I will always be a child of God, the adopted child of God. Praise be to Thank God. You, and uh, I was actually, in fact, adopted together with my sister uh, just a couple years later after receiving the shoebox gift. And we entered this wonderful country where we learned more and more about this Jesus who saved my life. And there was a day that came that God said that it's time for me to share what I have learned. And I said, where should I go, Lord? I was really excited. And he said, you go back to the orphanage where it all started. So in 2016, we had the privilege to go back. It's a rare privilege to share the gospel in the country that is very close to it. But God has provided a way. It's like a child coming back home to share with her family. And there was an open door for that. And the director, who was my director all those years, he's still there to this day. And so he welcomed me and allowed me to share the gospel with all of the children. We gave them Bibles. And we were able to, by God's grace and generosity of his people, to rebuild the playground facility that was in pretty bad shape. And for the first time, install hot water in a shower facility. When I lived there, we were able to go to a shower about twice a month uh, because we never had a shower facility. But today, in Jesus' name, there is a shower facility. (laughs) And that is fruit. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That is fruit from that one shoebox gift that I received. You see, this gift of the Holy Spirit is a gift that always continues to give for the rest of our life. And I want to say thank you to all of you on behalf of of Operation Christmas Child, Samaritan's Purse, and each and every changed life like mine. 
for joining God in what he is doing through Operation Christmas Child. Thank you for packing shoeboxes. To learn more, please visit our website, samaritanspurse.org slash OCC, and you can learn more testimonies like mine. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you. Stay here. Stay here. I know there are, there are many churches around the world that participate in, and, but there's, there's one church that's just around the, down the road from us. I don't know if you've been, you've been to Red Lion Church or not, but they always send their boxes to us to pack, and we have this little competition. And I just want to I just want to shout out Red Lion Church. They always beat us, and uh, and 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 we got some work to do to to beat them because they do it all year long. They're they're collecting things and then they do so. Yay for Red Lion Church and what they're doing. But I want to show the congregation what you've brought to us today, just as a token. And I, and I and I'm I guess I'm kind of sharing this with with Red Lion Church as well, even though it doesn't say their name on it too. Connie, go ahead. I'll take the mic- microphone. Yes, it is. Uh, I'm with Operation Christmas Child locally. My name is Connie Zinn, and we get to recognize your church for being a drop-off location for 15 years. Your church, your church has had 22,952 shoeboxes pass through. I want you to know that's 22,952 lives that have been changed. But real quickly, I'm going to do some OCC math for you. So we know for about every five children that receive a shoebox, one comes to know Jesus. So one salvation for every five. So if you think about it, in 15 years, you've had a part in over 4,000 children coming to know Jesus. Thank you for your service, and thank you so much for being willing to open up during National Collection Week and collect shoeboxes. Thank you so much, Pastor. And there are, you guys are going to stay out throughout the day, so they'll be outside if you want to uh, visit with them. We've got shoeboxes out there that you can pick up and, and take home today and begin doing that. So it's a great ministry. Thank you, God, for all that. Thank you. And yeah, I think we're ready to go back. Because <laughs> I just inserted that in the in the order of our, our service this morning. So uh, let me invite you to stand as we continue. To, the team will come back and we'll continue to sing and worship God through our song and through our praises. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we give you the praise for what you're doing around this world. And thank you for allowing us to participate in it. Thank you, Jesus, for changing my life. Thank you, Jesus, for changing Arena's life. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity that we have tell the good news, and scatter your seed of the message of Jesus Christ around this world. Thank you for causing to make it grow. And the growth is yours. We give you the praise and thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week we invited you to learn a new song with us. Inviting the fresh wind of the presence of the Holy Spirit to come in and rest on us. And bring us new life.
ask you to send that holy, that fragrance from heaven, the power of God moving among us. It is the power of God that sets people free. It's the power of God that, that lifts burdens. It's the power of God that saves, that heals. It's 
the power of God that enables us to send a shoebox halfway around the world and have a child say yes to Jesus. It's the anointing that breaks yokes and bondages. And so, Lord, today, in our midst, in this building, those watching online, maybe if you're watching this online later on, break bondages today. Set people free by the power of your Holy Spirit. Because, Lord, we thank you and we know today, because of what your word says, that there is never a time when we are left alone. You're always there with us in the flood, in the fire, in the good times, in the bad times. And Lord, when we need you, you are there. Lord, we celebrate you today and the fact that no matter what, no matter where we are, you are with us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we invite you to come and be with us.
There is no other name but the name that is Jesus. He who was and still is and will be through it all. So come what may in the space between all the things unseen and this reckoning. Come on, sing it. And I know I will never be Lord, we sense the moving of your Holy Spirit in this room today, right now. That fresh wind, that fresh anointing that we were singing about a minute ago. And Lord, you are in this room right now reminding people that whatever storm, whatever difficult situation, whatever insurmountable circumstance they see in front of them, that you are greater and that you are standing with us in whatever those circumstances are. Lord, there are times in our lives when we just don't understand what you're doing. But it doesn't mean you're not doing something and doing something significant in our lives. And so, Lord, today, and I have to confess this to you folks, as hard as it is to say, Lord, I yield to you and your plan. Because how many of us And hopefully it's just me. Sometimes I'm dumb enough to think that I know how to tell God, we ought to go this way, God. This is how we ought to do it. Yeah. 
So God, today, because you have promised us in your word that you're with us, that you'll never leave us or forsake us, we stand on that promise. Even though we don't see it or feel it or understand it, we know that you're working. We trust you. We put ourselves in your hands. Lord, we pray now for our pastor as he comes. We pray that your anointing would rest on him. We pray for uh, April and our children's ministry. We pray your anointing would rest on her as, as she and other teachers lead that ministry. And we thank you for our children. We thank you for the way that, that you bless us with them. So, Lord, we pray that you would be glorified today in everything that happens. In the name of Jesus, we ask. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping. You can be seated. God for the children as they as you're seated and as they leave. Kids, you can follow Miss April to your class. Looks like I left my Bible <laughs> someplace. I don't know where my Bible is. Yeah, go ahead, Colin. All right, there goes Miss April. That direction. Good morning again, everybody. Wonderful to see all of you here here today. I'm going to step over here and grab the Bible. It's Right over here. And uh, what a great day it is today. God is present with us today, and I just I, I welcome you in the name of Jesus as we hear God's Word this morning. We're going to turn to the book of Luke this morning, chapter 8. We're going to get, get right in it, because if you didn't know, we've got a lot of activities to do after this, after this service. And uh, just if you're watching online and you've got time this afternoon to come out to the, our Bear campus um, and uh, join us, we've got all kinds of things happening outside. It's it's just a fun day for families to gather together, and uh, we're going to share. We just want people to come and experience God's love this morning. Just have fun, uh, engage in some fellowship. We've got, I think there's a fire truck that's going to show up out there. We've got carnival games. We've got food trucks. Uh, bounces, uh, or whatever you call those inflatable things uh, that that some of us are too old to get into, and we don't think we're too old to get into them, but we get into them anyway, and then we end up dislocating a shoulder or a finger or something like that. And uh, Pastor Bill <laughs> just, just threw him under that inflatable. And uh, we're looking at, at and, and we're, we're, we're sowing seed this morning. We're sowing the seed of God's love. Some of us are going to have conversations, and we're just encouraging people to trust in Christ. Oh, I forgot the car show that's, that's out there. And all kinds of... And all has the purpose of people experiencing the goodness of God through our faith in Jesus Christ. That's what we're here for, what we want people to experience. So let's look at this, this story that Jesus told from the book of Luke. It's on page 859 in the Bibles that we have here in our room. Or Luke chapter 8, beginning with verse 4. Luke chapter 8, beginning with verse 4. It says, One day, Jesus told a story in the form of a parable. To a large crowd that had gathered from many towns in order to hear him. And he said, A farmer went out to plant his seed. 
and he scattered it across his field. Some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on, and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among the rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and with it and choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as many as had been planted. Now when Jesus said this, He called out. I'm going to pause on this word called. Because this is more than Jesus saying, He said. It's not just Jesus saying. In this word, He called out. There is an invitation. Kind of like when hog farmers, you know, sue or whatever the word might be. And I watched this I watched this guy on TikTok. He's a farmer down in Georgia and and he 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 moves his cows from one pasture to another pasture and then he allows that pasture to 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 redevelop and grow grass again and then he moves them to this pasture. And, and he's become quite famous on TikTok because of the way he calls his cows. And this is how he calls his cows. Hey, cow! And then you can hear on his video, Join me. What? Louder. There we go. And the cows just move with him from one pasture to the other. I didn't hear you online. Come on, do your move. Do your move. You know, I, was, I would be right, um, traveling when I was in college. I was in a singing group that traveled from church to church. We'd go to camps and work with teenagers. And having grown up on the farm, uh, I was about the only one that knew how to do that or knew, knew, knew what it was like to grow up on a farm. In our group, there were only five or six of us. And we would be driving. I remember driving through Ohio and, and the rural areas of some of the states. And whenever we would pass... A, a, a pasture that had cows in it, I taught the others in my group to roll down the window and shout, Hey, cow! And, the, and whoever got the most cows to turn their heads to us was the winner. We called the game, Hey, Cow! And I don't know if you've ever played that game. We're going to take my microphone off so I don't blast this. But it was like, roll down the window, Hey, cow! I just love to yell in church. And whoever Jesus is calling out because there's something that He wants us to do, something that He's inviting us to do. And He's asking those who are here, Hey, if you can hear me, I want you to do something. So He calls out. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. We all know what it's like to hear something but not understand it. If you're married, your spouse can probably explain it to you. (laughs) Because I'm constantly hearing things that I'm not understanding, right? It's part of Carolyn's job to help me slow down and say, "You're you're, you're listening, but you're not understanding, Roger. So Jesus is calling out to us, don't just hear what I have to say. Understand what I'm telling you. And so we have to open ourselves to this kind of understanding. He says, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So his disciples afterward asked him, 
what does this parable mean? And Jesus says, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. And this word secret is, is in the Greek language. The word there is mysterion. I'll say that slower. Mysterion. Does that sound like an English word? It does to me. It sounds like mystery. And in our, in our culture, in our language, we hear the word mystery and we think it's something that is covered up and hidden. But in that day, it's, that's not what the word mystery means. The word mystery actually means it's been revealed. It's been opened up. Kind of like what was in this box that I showed earlier, this gift from Operation Christmas Child. I, told, I instructed them to, to bring it and leave this in the box. It was covered up. But the mystery happened when I opened the box and revealed what was inside. And what Jesus has for us is no longer hidden in a box. It's a mystery. It has been revealed to us. That's what Jesus has come to do for us. To tell us something. So He says, listen and understand. And so He says to His disciples, you are permitted to understand what was revealed of the kingdom of God, but I used parables in order to teach others so that the Scriptures might be fulfilled. The Scripture said back in Isaiah, says, when they look, they won't really see. When they hear, they won't understand. And then Jesus says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's Word. The seeds that fell upon the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represent the people who hear the message and receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a little while, and then they fall away whenever they face temptation. And the seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life, and so they never grow to maturity. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's Word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. I'm going to stop there at verse 15. Now let's think about this story. Let's think about the characters that Jesus has used in this story. Well, characters. All right, think of characters as people. But Jesus uses uh, seed to refer to something. So the first, what I call character, is the seed itself. And Jesus simply says, the seed is the Word of God. The seed, in other words, is the message that God has sent to the farmer to be scattered. The seed is the message that takes root in people's lives, like Irina. It's the good message of Jesus. What is that message? 
That message is simply this. I've got three sentences, I think. (laughs) We are created in the image of God to live an abundant life with God forever. Period. That's what humanity was created for. That's, that's, That's what your purpose in life is for. You're wondering, what is, why am I here? What's the, what's the significance of life? It is that we are created in the image of God to live in an, uh, an abundant life in relationship with God for all of eternity. That's beautiful. That's what God created us for. That's sentence number one in the message. Sentence number two says, however. <laughs> we all have chosen to reject God. We have decided that I know better how to live my life than God knows how I ought to live my life. And so I am going to do it my way. Thank you very much, God, for giving me this life. But I'm going to take it and do what I want with it. And I'm not going to follow your ways. I'm going to follow my ways. Now, we all can imagine what happens if we give... Oh, my gosh. Let's just take the life of a, of a child, and 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 without thinking about God, let's just say, okay, here's the mom and dad that give birth to this child, and they look at this child and they say, "I gave you life," and when that child grows up old enough to be able to turn around to mom and dad and say, "Thank you, mom and dad, for this life you gave me. Now I'm going to go live it however I want." That's, 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 not, that's not what parents' role is. A parent's role is to teach the child how to live. And to live a, a life that is for all of life, is in relationship with the mother and father. You can't, you can't stop being a child of your parents. You can say, I reject you. <laughs> but you're still a child. You wouldn't have life if it wasn't for your mom and dad. And you may have no relationship with your parents, but they still gave your life. And those are still the parents who gave you life. So God has given us life. But all of us have turned to God and said, God, thank you for this beautiful thing of life. Yeah, thank you, God, for this miserable thing of life, some of us are saying. And yet it's still the life that God has given to us. And because we turn around, that's sentence number two. I guess I put a few more sentences in there. Sentence number one says, we're created in the image of God to live an abundant life with God forever. Sentence number two says, but we can't live that life because we all have turned away from God and are separated from living with God because we've rejected God. And so if we rejected God, we're never going to know what that life that we were intended to create is. Because we've separated ourselves from the one who will show us what that life is. I'm looking at my notes and saying, is that, is that last one really three? The third one sentence? I think it is. I think I did it. The third sentence says this. God... Because He loves us, and He grieves for us 
to be in relationship. Not to dominate over us. Not to control our lives. But it is only through He's the one that gave us life and He's the only one that can sustain our lives. We can't sustain our lives on our own. And so He grieves that we have turned away from Him. And he, 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 he came here. God came from heaven in the form of a human named Jesus to show us God's love, to forgive us for rejecting God, and to give us new life now that lasts forever. Amen? That's the good message that Jesus is calling the seed. That's the seed. So there are four other paths. Last night I said there were three. I can't count. (laughs) So let's talk about the paths that are part of this story. You've got the seed and you've got the paths. The paths are not inanimate objects. The paths are just a reference to people. People are the paths. The seed, the message, has got to get into people's minds and hearts and lives. You are a path for the message that God has given to us. It was intended to be sown into the lives of people. So there are four kinds of people Jesus describes. One is the footpath that gets trampled on, has much traffic on it. And when the message gets gets spread over this path, it, is, it experiences little growth because it gets stepped on. You know what that's like. We've all seen a path. We have paths connecting our property, our parking lot, to the neighborhoods back here. And we, we did it on purpose so that people could go from the neighborhood over here to the sidewalk and they can walk around and I hope that our neighbors see it and use it. But it's a path that has stones on it. Put there by Eagle Scouts. Thank you, Eagle Scouts. (laughs) Go see what the Scouts are doing outside today. But seeds aren't going to grow on that path because it gets trampled on. People who don't stop long enough to let the message sink into their lives aren't going to grow in their faith. They're not going to experience the life that God wants us to. We've got to slow down, listen to the message, let it sink in to our lives. And then there's the rocky soil. These are people who may hear it, but they don't get the barriers of nurturing faith out of the way. Jesus says it's the devil coming to take it, the rocks are the devil coming to take it away from our hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. It's the rocky soil. I remember when I, was a, when I was a child and when I was a teenager growing up on the farm, we didn't live in Delaware. I'm so jealous of the soil on the peninsula, uh, 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 the, the, the Delmarva Peninsula, because I don't see any rocks. You all say there are rocks in our soil, but I don't see rocks. Rocks that I grew up with on my farm were this big. And they weren't flat rocks. They were cobblestones. And they were all over. The main part of our farm was 100 acres. Now, if you can picture 100 acres, uh, picture the the land that Christ the Cornerstone uh, uh, has here at the Bear Campus. We have 30 acres. 
uh, that includes this, where the buildings are, and the whole field over to where the next neighborhood is. That's only 30 acres. Three times that size was the main field. That, that my, and it was entirely gravel. It was rocks, great big rocks, down to little rocks, and then sand. And after school, Dad would say, Roger, go pick rocks. And I'd say, which one? And Well, the biggest one, of course, because... The equipment comes and it breaks the equipment and then and then we or you know you can't grow it in it. So I'd have to go pick the pick the biggest ones and we had this tractor that had a bucket on the front of it and the tractor I put the tractor in gear all by myself great big field I put the tractor in gear I'd hop off the tractor while it's rolling with no driver and and it was very slow. And I'd walk in front of this tractor that has nobody on it to stop it, nobody to steer it. And I'd walk in front of it, and I'd and I'd pick a rock and I'd throw it in the bucket of the and of the tractor. And when my bucket got full, I'd hop back on the tractor, drive it over to a spot, and dump it into the weeds into a spot that we couldn't grow anything. And I picked rocks after school many many days. Yeah, talk about cotton picking, rock picking. That's Rock picking, rock picking. <laughs> it builds something. And it was a constant task. We have to be vigilant in our lives because if God's, if the life that God wants us to live is going to grow and rocks are coming into it, we're not going to grow. We have to keep casting those rocks that keep us from growing away. We have to do that. Pick the rocks out of your life that keep you from being nurtured in your faith and cast them away. Put them in that bucket and let the tractor drive them away. You have to stop the attitudes and the beliefs that keep us from growing in our faith. Stop going to places that go against God's teaching. Stop listening to the voices that do not honor God. Replace the heart, the hard-heartedness with a spirit and attitude that is open and receptive to the Holy Spirit who Jesus gives to us to nurture our faith and live for Him. And then Jesus describes the weedy soil, the thorny soil. And there are people who try to live a life that is both pleasing to God and then pleasing to the world. Or pleasing to myself. We can't do that. These are thorns. I was riding my bike up the, uh, in Newark, up the Christina River. There's a nice trail along there. But it gets very narrow at places. And, and, and the scratches, my, my arm rubbed up against some thorn bushes. And I, it was probably three weeks ago. And it's healing. But I still got scratches from that. We have to be careful of the thorns in our lives. We can't grow faithfully when we're placing ourselves in thorny places in life. We're, we're living in weeds when we don't come to church on the weekend. And that... Uh, let me see, i got to start over with that sentence. We're living in the weeds when we do come to church on the weekend... But that coming to church on the weekend makes no difference as to how we live during the week. We, we come here and, and we're without the thorns here, but as soon as we walk out of these doors, we step into the thorny patches 
of our lives, our friendship, our workplace, wherever it might be. And there are ways that we can go into those thorny places and protect ourselves, but we have to be vigilant and be aware of it. Our thoughts, our language, our actions are the same there as they've always been, but when we get here, we change. We're trying to live a a double life. Good and evil cannot exist together. And you've got to give up, pull out those things that take away the spiritual nurturing that God provides through prayer, through Scripture, through good friendship with others, and looking to others' interests, serving others first ahead of yourself. These are behaviors that Jesus teaches us to do, that choke out the thorns instead of allowing the thorns to choke us out. And finally, Jesus says there's good soil. And he describes the good soil as a heart and mind that are open and receptive to that message that Jesus has for us. And it's a person who desires to follow Jesus and turns around to learn and to do what Jesus teaches. He says, the thief comes to steal and destroy. But I have come to bring life. And bring life abundantly. Let's live in the good soil. Finally, I have one more question. Jesus doesn't talk about this character except to say that he exists. And that's the farmer. Who is the farmer? Jesus. I question that. Jesus, let's let's go back to it. He just says a farmer went out to plant his seed. Where did the farmer get the seed? What's the seed? The Word of God. Who is the Word of God? So, So Jesus doesn't cast himself around. What does Jesus, who does Jesus say? Cast the message around. To whom does Jesus give that task? Us who have it. So who's the farmer? You got it. You are the farmer. You who have faith in Jesus, and your faith doesn't have to be huge. Your faith doesn't have to be mature. It just has to get started. I got a bag of seed. Somebody's going to yell at me. I don't know if you can see that on the, on the screen. Can you, well, you can see it there. Well, they're doing this once today. <laughs> I know. We got vacuum cleaners. Anybody want a job? Now you can see all the dust up here. Little grass seed. Itty bitty things. We have a job to do. We got a job to do. And that's why we're having this day here on this campus. Thank you for being here now. It's time for us to get out there and sow the seed of the message of Jesus Christ. What is that message? We were created to live in fellowship with Jesus, with God. For all of eternity. I love that. Your life does not end. It had a beginning, but it doesn't have an end with Jesus. Without Jesus is death. 
eternal death, eternal separation from God. I don't want that. That's not what I was created for. I was created for life and life abundantly. It comes through Jesus. And He gives us, who trust in that, the message. We've all rejected God, but Jesus has come to forgive all of our sins for all people. And we receive that new life simply by trusting in Jesus. Don't let anybody take that away from you. Grab onto that life. Let it grow. I don't know where you are. Where, where would you put yourself in this story? If you're watching online, where would you put yourself in this story? I'm telling you the good news. Are you going to let it sink in? Are you going to cast it away? Are you going to take it, hear it for a little bit, then get to work tomorrow and let the rocks pull it away from you? Or the thorns? Come on. we gotta, we got to do this so that we... Not, not for my sake, not for your sake, but because God loves all people and He has a message for us to share. So I invite you to receive that message, to trust in Jesus. Let's pray together. I'll stop preaching and pray. Jesus, we thank You. And now is the moment for some of us to make a decision. You're telling some of us, God, where we are in this story, whether we're rocky soil, hard path. We've, we've hardened our hearts against you so much that we've heard the message. We're not going to listen to it anymore. Some of us, God, you're, you're, you're convicting us with your Holy Spirit that says you're, you're one of those people that tries to live that dual life. You can't do that. It, it, won't, it won't work. So stop trying. Commit your life to me. And, and Jesus, we need to confess that to you this morning. Say, Jesus, I'm sorry for trying to live life without you. Or maybe our prayer needs to be, God, I don't know what, what Pastor Roger's talking about. I've never experienced that. But I'd like to. Jesus, come into my life. Help me. Forgive me. Give me that new life that you want me to live. I trust you. And I will follow you. Make that decision today. And then there are others of us, God, who have trusted in that, but we have not grabbed hold of the message, and we're not telling others. We're not scattering the seed. We're not being the farmers you want us to be. Forgive us for doing that. Because there are people out there that need this message. So help us today, God, this afternoon or wherever we go, whether we stay here, whether we go out in the activities, whether we go out to dinner with somebody, whether we're with our families, tomorrow when we go to work, simply to tell others who you are and what you've done for me. Thank you for Arena being brave enough to come here and so boldly and so clearly say, I didn't know who Jesus was. I didn't know God loves me. But what a beautiful thing it was when somebody told me, and I believed it. And when I believed it, I experienced God's love. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Help us make these decisions today, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
I invite you to come. Let's stand together as, as we sing, and I invite you to come. If you need prayer, if you just want to pray with somebody, maybe the prayer that I, that I referenced in, in my prayer, you don't know how to do that. You want somebody to help you with that kind of prayer? Come and ask them. They'll be glad to help you with that kind of prayer. Or you can come here and you'll pray by yourself, and uh, let's continue to worship Him and pray together. It's really, uh, and I don't want to make light or belittle anything that we've heard in the last uh, several minutes from Pastor Roger, but here's what I want us to know about spreading seed. It's the same as telling our story. What's happened to you? What has God done for you? How has he been good to you? So today, as we're around the property and as we're meeting people and People who need to know the message of the good news of the gospel. Tell your story. Tell how God has been good to you. Let's worship the Lord today. Karen's going to lead us.
long as we have breath in our bodies, as long as we have life, and as long as we live in this skin, walk this earth, we will worship you all of our days. The end of Psalm 23 says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And then, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's not a bad deal, is it? God, we thank you for your promises and for your blessings. And so, Lord, today, we purpose in our heart that we will spread seed wherever we go. We will tell our story. We will tell what you have done for us. Because, Lord, there is joy being in your presence. And we thank you for that privilege. Lord, again, we pray for the things that are happening on this campus the rest of this day. We pray for contacts, for conversations that will be had. We pray that they would be conversations that are meaningful. We pray for divine appointments on this property today. And we pray that you would be glorified. Move among us, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us. Have a great day. We'll see you next week.